to tell me not to say much. <laughs> so a lot of you probably already know Jessica. If you don't know Jessica, it boils down to she's just a little kid from Goose Rock <laughs> who has always loved Jesus and had big dreams. And she was talking to us the other night in our uh, small group that we had gotten together, and she was talking about how you can have a dream, and if you don't pursue it, even for 10, 15 years, that dream never dies on the inside of you. If God has placed that dream on the inside of you, it never dies. And she's proof of that, and I'm thankful for that. And I don't want to say much because I'm telling you on the way over here, I just felt like something awesome is going to happen tonight. I don't hope something will happen tonight. I don't think something awesome is going to happen tonight. I know something awesome is going to happen tonight. And I'm trusting God to show up in this place, and I'm trusting God that we're all going to leave changed. That's what I love about these nights. We get together, we have us a good time, but we can leave changed. I've left changed. I'll tell you, what was the last time you spoke? What month was that? Two months ago. Tonight, I want to challenge you with whatever you hear that's spoken tonight, whether it be from Jessica or if God speaks through somebody else tonight, don't just sit here and listen to it and think, well, that's good stuff. Take it home and apply it. Try to jot it down, take it home, put it into your real life day-to-day -day things that you do. The last time she was here, she was talking about how she makes these declarations over her life, and she challenged us to do that. Well, even though she's my little sister, I thought, well, I might need to listen to her over this. <laughs> so that, along with last month's message, they talked about how we should let go and let God and have hope that God's going to take care of things. I combined that with what I heard last uh, month, and September's been awesome for me. God has changed my life through these nights, and I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful for what he's going to do tonight. And if it's okay for uh, us to just bless this time that we're getting ready to experience together the Word, if y'all are able to, if y'all don't care to stand, if you're able to do that, if you're not, that's okay. And anybody who would like to, I'd like, let's just all lift our hands tonight, if you would. And don't, let's not just stand there. I don't want you to just listen to me, because... My words are no better than anybody else's in this place. Join me in prayer tonight. Lift your hands to God. Believe with me tonight and join with me in prayer. Lord, we are expecting you to show up tonight. Just like we just said, we don't hope you will. We don't think you will. We expect you to, and we know, God, that you will be here with us tonight. Lord, I pray, God, that you would use Jessica tonight to speak to us. Speak through her. God, I pray that she would have clarity of thought tonight. Lord, I pray that your word would go forth tonight. And Lord, that our hearts would be open to you, that we would receive, God, what you would have us to receive. Lord, I pray that, God, we would leave this place tonight and we would never be the same. God, I pray that we would leave out of this place tonight and that we would forever be changed, Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, that you would show up in this place and that your spirit, God, would go through like a mighty wind, Jesus. God, we expect it. Lord, we believe it. And God, we know, God, that you will come to us tonight in a special way, Lord, like only you can. And Lord, I pray that each lady here tonight, 
Lord, if they don't know you, I pray, God, that they would find you tonight. And Lord, for those of us who do know you, Lord, let us, let us live closer to you, Father. We want to grow closer together with one another. And more importantly, we want to grow closer to you tonight, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this time together. And we pray that you would bless it. And Lord, have your way. Your way, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I really didn't want her to turn the microphone over to me because, man, the anointing, the presence of the Lord is in this place. How many are ready, like she said, how many are ready to receive the word of the Lord for your life tonight? Because I know one thing about the word of the Lord, the word of God. It will remain forever. It will stand forever. The word of God will change your life. So many times people try to change the word of God by their lifestyle. But how many knows that's not the way it works tonight? Because it is the word of God. God that will transform you and that will change your life tonight. And I'm believing for every person in here to receive the word of the Lord tonight, to be transformed by his power and by his word. Now, uh, before I go on to get into my message, I just want to thank everybody here, and especially Linda and Carrie, for the opportunity that uh, you've given me once again. I was here two months ago, so I'm honored to be here, and I have some, I have a lot of people, and I don't want to start naming names, I'll get in trouble, but you know, if you're here and you're near to my heart, thank you for coming tonight, and then of course, since it's my mom's birthday... <laughs> We already got that covered, but happy birthday, Mom. And I know she's been working hard for this night and others. Tess, Ashley, like I said, I don't want to start naming names or I'll get in trouble. But everybody that had a part in this, whether you volunteered, uh, you gave your time, money, whatever, thank you from the bottom of my heart for allowing me to stand up here and share the word of the Lord. Well, like I said, my sister, man, she was on fire tonight. I can't wait until it's her standing up here and I'm introducing her to come up here. <laughs> she keeps telling me no, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Okay, so uh, tonight I'm going to preach just a few minutes on identity and how important identity is. And I'm going to read out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. In verse 21, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And now, identity is very important to me now. Because once I discovered my true identity in Christ, it's totally transformed my life. And so if I were to come to you tonight and I would say, you know, who are you? What's your identity? Who, who are you? You know, what would you say? 
And a lot of times people will say, well, I'm, I'm the wife to so-and-so, or my dad is so-and-so, or my mom, or, or I do this. You may know me because of my job. I teach here, or I'm a nurse here, or I'm, I'm the president of a company, whatever it is. That's a lot of ways how we share our identity with one another. And even myself, if you don't know, I'm from Manchester here in Clay County. And I don't know how many times I've done this. People, they'll start talking to me and they're like, okay, now who are you? Who are you? They know my name's Jessica, but they're trying to find out a little bit more. And the first thing I would always say was, I'm Wade Hacker's granddaughter. And if, and if you don't know him, he's passed away now. But that was, my, uh, that was the way that I would identify myself. I would say, I'm Wade Hacker's granddaughter. And my dad is one of his sons. My dad is Daryl Hacker. That's how I would explain who I am to somebody. And 99% and of the people would know me now because I would explain my grandpa and my dad. But if they didn't, then I'd say, and my mom, she's Darlene Hacker. She's the librarian down there at the middle school. <laughs> but she's retired now, so she was. <laughs> and that's all another thing about identity. We've, my mom and I have talked about that because a lot of times, you know, my mom, she had a long and amazing career, and it was part of, you know, being the librarian at the middle school. And maybe you've already experienced that. You're retired from your career, and you know that is a transition of identity because that is part of who you are. Your career becomes part of who you are, and that's very important. And see, none of those things are wrong. None of those things are bad. You know, me saying, you know, who are you? Well, I'm Wade Hacker's granddaughter. There's nothing wrong with being Wade Hacker's granddaughter and identifying with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, I'm this and I'm that, or this is my career, and that's how you identify. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not the kind of identity I'm talking about tonight. Because here's the thing. Knowing my identity in the flesh, in the natural, me being Wade Hacker's granddaughter, that doesn't make me walk over demons every day when I get up out of the bed. It doesn't. It doesn't give me victory over the devil every day. It doesn't give me the victory that I want to walk in every day. Where do I get my true identity? Where do I get my identity to walk over the things that come against me? To see chains broken down in my life? To see strongholds broken in my life? That identity comes one way and one way only, and that is the Word of God. That is the identity I'm talking about tonight. And once you realize who you are in Christ, who you are based on the Word of God, that will change your life more than anything. It has changed my life. It has totally turned my life around. It's totally changed how I walk in every day of my life. A peace like I've never known. Why? Because no matter what my day holds, no matter if I get discouraged, if I make a mistake, no matter what it is, at the end of the day, I know who I am based on the Word of God, and nothing can change that. And that's why identity is important tonight. And so, Something else that's very important to understand identity, and I really don't have time to go into in depth to this, but you've got to know that you are a spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit, soul, and body. And if you've never studied that concept out, I would encourage you to get uh, maybe, I have some more material on that myself, but uh, different teachings of spirit, soul, and body based on Scripture, it's very, it's very good to study that out and to understand the meaning of that. 
Because, see, your spirit, it's part of man made in the image of God at the time of rebirth. When you were born again, it's talking about when you were born again, your spirit man was made in the image of God. And then your soul is the mind, will, emotions, or personality of a person. And that, I, I was thinking about this earlier today, about your personality. You know, we all got things. You all, we, we all got things about our personality that's not the best, you know. We got good parts about our personality and just negative parts about our personality. And just an example, if somebody's not being so kind, if somebody's being rude, and they just throw that off as an excuse saying, well, that's just who I am. That's my personality. No, they're not. That's their personality. But if they're a believer, they're a child of God. And their chi a child of God is their true identity. And they don't have to be rude. Why? Because as children of God, we can walk. We have authority to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. To be kind, to be loving, to be patient, to practice self-control. Those are things that we can walk in, and those are things that we possess. Because, see, that's why identity is so important. Because if you don't know who you are, the devil will make you think you're all kinds of crazy. The devil will make you think that you'll never be able to accomplish anything. The devil will make you think, yeah, that's your personality, that's how you've always been, and that's how it will always be. But that's a lie. That's a lie. Because the Scripture gives us hope. The Scripture lets us know that we can walk in the fruit of the Spirit. The Scripture lets us know that we can be free from sin because of who we are, because of our identity. And then your body is the house in which the spirit and soul live in. So you have your spirit, soul, and body. And the identity will come from your spirit man because it was made in the image of God. Now, two truths I want to talk about tonight is the first one is being made new. Verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, when I was in high school, I'll never forget this. I remember there was a guy came to our high school and talked to our class about joining the Army. And he was a recruiter for the Army. And I'll never forget his message. And his message was so strong. And he said the same thing over and over and over for like 30 minutes. He kept saying, you can be a success. You can be a success. And that just stuck with me so much, obviously, because 15 plus years later, I can still remember it. But he was like, join the army. You can be a success. You can be a success. And now if anybody knows my personality, I would have made it in the army one day. I have extreme respect for people that serve our country in whatever branch they serve in. But I wouldn't have made it in the army. And I mean, that terrified me, the thoughts. But his message was so strong. You can be a success. You can be a success. I thought about it. I mean, I thought about it. I even talked to my mom about it. I was like, Mama, I was like, he, he was just saying, you can be a success. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was like fired up. I want to be a success. Because even at a young age, I could sense in my life that God had a great plan for my life. And I was like, yeah, I know. God's got something for me. I want to be a success. Well, I didn't join the army, but I still wanted to be a success. I wanted to, I wanted to have a successful life. And so if you were here last month, you heard my testimony, and it kind of comes in with this message tonight about how I wanted to go to Bible college. Like, that was my dream. And so when, uh, when, like, when I was 21, 22, I set out and I went to Bible college. But I didn't finish. 
10 years ago. I didn't finish, and I moved back home before I graduated. And when I moved back home, I cannot explain what happened to me. It was not good. I, I thought I was the biggest failure that ever walked on the face of the planet because I did not finish what I had started to do. And that, from that moment, that became my identity. Failure became my identity. And now I want to show you on this board here kind of how the mental picture that I carried around for years of being my identity being wrapped up and being a failure. And see, from the, from the outside looking in, not many people would know that. The people closest to me or the people maybe that worked with me in different areas, they knew how that, that hindered me because I just thought I was a failure. I thought that was my identity. And I just thought that's how it was because of that one failure. And, it, and once I took on that identity, it was like a chain reaction. But this is what happened. And I have horrible handwriting. <laughs> just warning you. <laughs> okay, let's see. This is kind of how my brain processed my failures. We have failures on this side, and then successes. And now remember, in high school, I was like, yeah, I want to be a success. I want to be a success. But then this is kind of how my brain processed everything, like I said. So I didn't graduate Bible college 10 years ago. Failure. Huge failure. Then after I got back from Bible college, a few things else went downhill, made some horrible mistakes. Failure. Failure. <laughs> then uh, around, I don't know, 27, 28, a little bit later, I made a couple more bad mistakes. But then, looking back, let's say, well, I did go to Bible college, so, you know, that's part of a success. And then there was a few other times that kind of went okay. But this is kind of how my brain processed the failures and the mistakes in my life. On this one hand, I saw the failures, a few successes, but the failures kept outweighing the successes. And I thought, you know what? If I could have that one success, this one big successful moment in my life, it would just cancel out all these failures, and then I would be a success. And I'd feel better, and, and I would be able, I'd be proud of myself to tell people, well, yeah, I did this. Yeah, my life is successful now because of this. And so speed up time, and most of you all know the story, but it was an open door for me to, well, it was just pretty much God calling me back to finish Bible college. And I was excited, but part of me, I thought, yes, this is it. I know what you're doing, Lord. I know what you're doing. You're sending me back to Bible college to finally have a success in my life that's going to be so big that I'm just going to not even worry about the failures in my life because I've completed Bible college. Now, that was not the pure intent for me to go back and complete Bible college. No, it wasn't. But it was like icing on the cake for me. I thought, once I get this... It's going to be okay. It's going to be good. So I went down there first semester, amazing. It was like floating on a cloud every day. It was so good. The second semester, great. Came home over the summer, spent time with family, had a great summer. Went back the third semester. My, I had an amazing job. But that third semester, I immediately started losing hours at a rapid rate with my job. And so I was paying for my college or my school, 
And so I got behind on my school bill that third semester. And they don't take that lightly because you can't get grants or anything, and then it hurts the school, all this. You can figure all that out. But they don't take that lightly when you get behind on your bill. So the pressure was piling up on me. And so then I thought, here it is. Here it is. Another failure. And when it's like I could not get away from failure. I, it, was, it, it was like it was haunting me. I was like, you know what? This is it. I'm going to fail this again. I'm not going to be able to finish. I can't even pay for it. What am I going to do? I, and I thought this one thing I wanted to succeed at. But then one night I was in my apartment because I wasn't working. And I began to read these scriptures that I just read to you. And I read verse 17 that he makes all things new. Old things are passed away. And something happened in my apartment that night. The Spirit of the Lord showed up that night. And I began to read those scriptures and they come alive to me on the page. And it was just like in my mind, this is what was going on. And I thought, I'm going home again as a failure. But the Holy Spirit come in and it's like this is what he did. He began to remove the failures from my spirit. No more did I see the failures. Then, I wasn't even worried about the successes because I didn't have that many to begin with. <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't see those. And so when he removed the failures, when I wasn't seeing the successes, this is what I saw. And I don't know about my handwriting. I don't know if you can see that. But I saw the cross of Jesus Christ. And I have never been the same since. Because when I saw the cross of Jesus Christ, I saw who I really am. And I want to tell you tonight, when you put your faith in God, no matter the mistakes you've made, the sins you've committed, the failures you've experienced, God will erase your failures. He will erase your successes and show you who you are at the cross. And God is so good that our that my failures and my successes, not only did he just wipe them away, but he's working them out for my good. Every day that I live, even right here tonight, God is working them out for my good. And when you put your faith in Christ, God will do the impossible. God will do more than you could ever do in your flesh. Yes, I finished Bible college. Yes, by the last semester, my job was better than it had ever been. I had more than enough money money. God blessed me tremendously. But you know what? When I walked across that stage, I wasn't looking for that diploma to make me feel successful. I wasn't looking for success anymore because I had something that success couldn't even compare to. I had found who I am in the cross of Jesus Christ. Because you may be somebody that puts your identity in your successes. And you may think, well, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? And success is good. Six, having successes, that's good. That's a good thing. But at the end of the day, success will not fulfill you. At the end of the day, success will not complete you. It is only the Spirit of God that's within you that will complete you and make you whole, spirit, soul, and body.
And I know probably maybe some of you are think this right now or think this later. You say, well, you know, that sounds good. You're made whole at the cross and and you're uh, victorious at the cross and you're an overcomer at the cross. But my life looks nothing like that. But like I said before earlier, well, what you need to allow the Holy Spirit to do is to take the word of God to transform your life so your life will mirror and be an image of the word of God. Instead of taking your life, your mess that you're in, your situations, your issues, and trying to twist and manipulate the Word of God, allow the Holy Spirit for the, the use the Word of God to change you and to transform you. And how do you do that? You do that by faith. It is nothing you can do in your own strength. It's nothing you can do in your own flesh, but you do it by faith. And then Proverbs 24, 16, it says, For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. And I love that scripture. And to me, that's got identity written all over it. You know why? Because he, like I said, it says, For the righteous fall seven times, but he rises again. What kind of man? The righteous man. It's not talking about the wicked man in this passage. It's talking about the wicked man, or the righteous man falling, but standing back up. And you know what I believe that speaks to us? When we fall, what our first response to be should be is to stand back up on our feet. Why? Because we were not made for the fall. We were made for the rise. And in Christ, you can rise again. No matter the mistakes you've made, no matter uh, what you've done, what your past is, no matter the failures you've experienced, you can rise again in Christ. Because people, they'll count you out. People, they'll write you off. But the Word of God will sustain you. The Word of God will comfort you. The Word of God will help you no matter what season you're in tonight. And the reason why I was saying that scripture is so much for identity to me because like I said, when the righteous man falls, he knows he's not supposed to be there. If he falls in sin, he makes a sinful decision, the righteous man knows who he really is. And he knows that he's not that sin. And that's why that he can rise again. And the second truth that I want to talk about is being reconciled. Verse 20 now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. And I'm reading the scriptures that I read earlier, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Reconciliation. This is why we are who we are in Christ, because we have been reconciled to God through Christ Jesus. And the word reconcile means to restore to friendship or harmony. It's got a lot of different things you can read about, but it says to settle a dispute, declare a truce. And then one phrase out from reconciliation you'll find is bury the hatchet. And now I don't know if you've ever used that phrase before or you've ever heard of that, but bury the hatchet, what does that mean? Well, that phrase really originated from Native Americans and what they would do when they would call peace with somebody, when they would settle a dispute with somebody, they would literally have a ceremony and they would come together and they would bury a hatchet. 
And it, it's even said that they would hurl the hatchet so far in the deep, bury it so deep that nobody, they'd done that so nobody could ever lay eyes on that hatchet again. Because it was a symbol that peace had been made. The dispute had been settled. And I want you to know tonight that your dispute has been settled, that your battle has been won at the foot of the cross. You have been reconciled with Christ tonight. And because of that, your sins are forgiven. Because of that, you are the righteousness of God. Because of that, greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. Because of that, your body is healed. Where? At the cross. Because of that, you have the mind of Christ. Everything that you are, everything that who you are is because that you've been reconciled with God through Christ Jesus at the cross. And so, <clears throat> Carrie, if you want to, you can come up to the music. And I believe, just like Rachel said, I believe that some things are going to happen tonight. Some maybe strongholds. Maybe you found your identity in the wrong area, and it's tripping you up. It's holding you back. For, for me, like I shared earlier, it was just a stronghold over, it was a stronghold over my life that I found my identity in failure. And that was just a huge stronghold in my life. But the Holy Spirit broke that off of my life. And I believe if you're struggling with your identity in Christ, if you're struggling with who you are in Christ, that the Holy Spirit wants to break those strongholds and those chains off of your life tonight. And here's the thing. When this happened, see, you know, we're children of God and we walk by what? We walk by faith, not by sight. And when that happened that night, when that happened that night, you know, I, I sensed the presence of God, and I realized that it was a very significant night in my life when that happened to me, and when God showed me how he wiped away my failures because I had been made new, and my identity was found at the cross. I knew it was a significant night, but the thing was, the next, the next day, I really didn't feel that different. A few days later, still, really didn't feel that different, but you know what I did? I held on to the Word of God. I declared the Word of God over my life. Every day, I would say, I've been reconciled with Christ. Every day, I would say, I bury the hatchet because my dispute has been settled. The battle has been won. Every day, I, st I stood on that Word of God. And before long, I saw the evidence in my life. I saw the evidence where, you know what? Things didn't make me feel like a failure like they did before. Why? Because I knew that's not who I was. Because you were more than the mistakes you've made. You were more than the wrong turns that you've taken in life. Because you are who Christ says that you are according to the Scripture. Stand with me tonight.
let's just worship him for a few minutes, a minute, two.
anybody that's wanting prayer, maybe you're ready for the strongholds to be broken off your life. We're here to pray for you and we wanna open this altar. Maybe you just wanna come up and worship because the Spirit of the Lord is here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. And I believe God has spoken to people while I've been preaching. Maybe it's been about something I've not even said, but the Holy Spirit is dealing with you right now. Whatever that is, don't leave the same. Don't walk out these doors carrying that burden and carrying a lie from the enemy. These altars are open tonight. We'll pray with you.
is so good and his spirit is here his spirit is here <laughs> and I forgot to say this but when Rachel come up here she confirmed the word of the Lord did not because of this and I completely forgot to say this and I was thinking about it today and I wasn't gonna say it because it's funny it shows my really goofy side but it's okay because I would always joke with Rachel and mom because I knew God had called me to do something great. I knew God had put, placed a calling on my life and I would joke and I would just say, I was just a fat kid from Goose Rock. Because when I was young, I was overweight. <laughs> and well, I still struggle with my weight sometimes, but that's a whole different story. But what I'm saying is God will take your life no matter who you think you are and He'll show you what you're really meant to be. And that's what God has begun to do in my life. It's nothing about me, but it's about the cross. And tonight I pray. See, I wish that I could shake you. I wish that you could see it how I could see it. But it is not by might. It is not by strength. But it is by the Spirit of the Lord. And tonight I just declare. I declare that no enemy in hell can stop you from receiving the word of the Lord tonight. I declare that every stronghold will be pulled down. Every chain would be broken in this house in the name of Jesus Christ. Because the enemy will isolate you. The enemy will isolate you and you will believe a lie about yourself. You may be saved, but there's, there's somebody in here, you've been believing lies about yourself. And when you isolate yourself and when you carry this, the enemy will keep you bound. He will keep you tight. He will keep you paralyzed. But I came to call somebody out tonight. Not me, but by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in this place. He's here. He's here. He's here. And we just say, Lord, have your way. For there's no devil in hell can stop the plan of God. There's no enemy that can stop what you're doing. For greater is he that's within me than with he that's within the world. For you are the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God. I hear in my spirit somebody saying, you don't know the sins that I've committed. You don't know what I've done. But the blood of Jesus Christ will make you clean. The blood of Jesus Christ will set you free. And shame will have to go. Guilt will have to go. Why? Because that's guilt is not for you. Shame is not for you. I don't know who that was for, but receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. And you know what? If you don't want to come up here, that's fine. That's fine. But take that word home with you. Take that word home with you because it will transform your life. You are not the sins that you've committed. The sins that you've committed, that is not who you are. For the blood of Jesus Christ makes you clean. The blood of Jesus Christ makes you pure. He sets you apart. I still hear it. I still, you're saying, but you don't know. No, I don't know. But the blood of Jesus Christ is greater than any sin you've ever thought about committing or any sin you've committed. The blood of Jesus Christ is greater. 
And I want them to sing again about the name of Jesus. About the name of Jesus because there's power in the name of Jesus. And if you want to, if you're comfortable, if you want to come up here, that's fine. If you don't, that's okay. But receive the word of the Lord by faith. Pray and say, it's me, Lord. I receive it. That's me. I receive it. Sing. Sing.